0: Hey everyone, Jack here. Uh, Just wanted to check in with you guys on iTunes as I always do. Thank you so much for your support on iTunes. Um, I always say you guys who listen to the audio-only version, you have a special place in my heart. Um, As you can hear this week, I've got a bit of a sore throat. I'm feeling a bit under the weather. Sheffield took it out of me, but what a win it was. And you know, I'm really proud of the podcast we've produced and the one you're about to listen to is with Dean Ashton. I've never actually met Dean before, um, or hadn't up until this point, I have now, of course. Um, and I was I was always I'm always slightly nervous with podcasts whether I haven't met the person Chris knows Dean and he'd set it up, but I'd never met him, and and you always wonder like how the conversation's going to flow and Of course, Dean, his job now isn't to to watch Norwich City every week, unlike some people we have on. So, you know, what what was his knowledge going to be like? And as soon as he walked in the door, I knew it was going to be a good podcast. He's got a real warm energy. He's... There's a real kind of loving feeling about him, and, and as well as that, his knowledge is unbelievable on all teams. Um, you can tell he's done a lot of work on the Championship this season. His, his knowledge of Championship teams is impeccable, and and even with Norwich, I think he knows more about the current setup at Norwich than than I do. And it's almost my job now to talk about this football team. So yeah, I think you're really going to enjoy this. There's some, there's some really nice stories of his time at Norwich. Of course, his his, his struggles with injury. Um, but a fascinating man is Dean Ashton, and a man who's who's gone to pretty much the top of the game. So I, I hope you enjoy this. L- let us know. Uh, tweet us uh, at Jack Reeves TNC and also at Chris Revo. Uh, and if you if you love Dean, then tweet him as well. Um, you, you can find him on Twitter, of course. I'm sure you all follow him already. But enjoy this. Thank you for the support. And, uh, and yeah, bring on another weekend. See you later. Hello and welcome back to episode number sixty-six of the TNC podcast, and I'm incredibly privileged tonight to be able to welcome Dean Ashton. Yes, you heard that right, Dean. <laughs> it's great to have you here, mate. No, it's an absolute yeah, boss, absolute pleasure. Hey, thank you so much for coming along. When Chris said that you were coming, along, I thought, this is, what a lovely opportunity this is to, to chat to someone who I looked up to throughout my throughout my childhood, and sitting next to me tonight to, to go through a good time in Norwich what City's do you history. Mean childhood. You're as old as me, aren't you? Well, yeah, I've just, maybe, <laughs> have I aged slightly better, do <laughs> um, Anyway, Dean Ashton, Norwich City, talk us through that that time in, in, in Norwich City's history, in, in your career. What memories stand out for you, repping that, that yellow and green shirt?
1: I think, um, obviously, coming through at Crew, it's a relatively small small football club. And, um, big history, though. Big history, fantastic club as well, especially for bringing young players through mm. and, and developing them. Um you know the names that came through it was fantastic, but for me to come to Norwich, obviously I'd played at Carrow Road before mm. for crew and a magnificent state so for me, it was to come felt like a huge club, football club for me to be joining, and it was gonna be my first first taste of Premier League football and as well I'd been at crew quite a long time, and there'd been a lot of sort of rumors as to whether I would get a move here or or there and and nobody had really took a chance on me so Norwich to do that, it was sort of, it was just so exciting to be at a club like Norwich, where you're going to get 25,000 people there every week. um You're going to be playing in the Premier League, and the club have you know, broken their transfer record to mm. bring you in. It, just all of it at, at sort of 21 years old was was just fantastic. please, we did break our transfer. <laughs> <record>. <laughs> to be honest, though, when I when I actually moved, it wasn't. I wasn't even thinking about the fact that we were right sort of down down the bottom of the league. I was just so excited to be mm. joining Norwich and, and, and be part of Was
0: there that? pressure on your shoulders becoming the sort of record transfer because you often hear from players don't you you're coming in and there's already that pressure on you was that going through your head or were you simply a young 21-year-old with a massive opportunity and then excited about the potential
1: that you had I, Yeah, I suppose I didn't I didn't really think about the price tag to be honest. I was pretty I'm a pretty uh, inwardly confident Person, Okay. And I'm not like Hooks, uh, <laughs> who, who lets in, who <laughs> lets lets down. So um, no, I'm, but I'm quitely um, got got a lot of inner confidence. So I knew I was good enough. It was just it was a big step, and you know you then you know you're going to be training with some top players. And but as soon as I as soon as I went in first few days, I got absolutely battered by phlegm Hooks, all the players because what you were young
0: or. Oh, what, why were you, what, I why think a bit
1: that? of that, a bit of the you know whole record transfer, you know, just you just can't get. I mean, I was an awful trainer as well. I was really unfit because at Crew it was all football based, technical based, okay. but we never did fitness work really. So we, wasn't we were you very not unfit trying, as a squad. It was just because no, it's just upbringing. yeah. I used to have Mondays off at Crew to sort of let myself uh, wind down a stretch <laughs> and all this, and I went to try and do that at Norwich, and obviously phlegm and Hooks were just on me straight away.
0: Chris, what were your memories? You sitting in the Barclay with your dad. Yeah. Norwich City signed Dean Ashton. What, what's going through your head?
2: Well, there's three games that stand out for me. Uh, one is the Middlesbrough game and of your the, debut, right?
0: Was that your home name? debut? Yeah, home debut. Mm. Of,
2: of course, Drury with that goal to, to equalise, but obviously Dean made a, made a massive massive impact in that game. Um the Man City goal. Actually, my favourite, mm. which, which was which was that kind of that first time touch, mm. and if that had happened in the Premier League now, that would have been just absolutely everywhere. Love A that. And I think um, and I think the the best has to be Manchester United. It doesn't you you, you can't. I don't
1: think you can beat that. But it'd be interesting no. to see
2: your thoughts on that. Is is that your your greatest memory? Is that the best goal you scored for us?
1: Yeah, because obviously you know with the age that I am, growing up, Manchester United was the club. And it still was at that you know, it still certainly was at that, at that time. So growing up, you always wanted to play against an Alex Ferguson side and you always wanted to play against uh, Rio Ferdinand. I know there was uh, some of the top names on the bench to start with, but you're playing against the top players and then to be able to, you know, to win the game and, and obviously get on the score sheet and um and helped Leon get his goal as well it was uh, yeah it's
2: brilliant what a goal. what a game mm. loved
1: it i mean how do you look back on that premier league season
0: because it didn't end how we wanted it to you then gave us a chance in the championship i mean fond memories
1: from Carrow or, or or what could have been maybe for the club more than yourself i think it's yeah i mean it's it's difficult i mean that that defeat on the last day was just crushing yeah. it i mean it's we really felt as if we were going to get something out of the game and and, and we you were made me cry we were yeah <laughs> Seriously, I yeah. um, was personally. yeah. We only had to bloom and draw. I know, but what we got we we, we we got off to a great start as well. Yeah. I should have had a goal that was disallowed. Leon, I think, should have had a penalty as well. Mm. Um, we were a bit unlucky to start with, but then after that, I think obviously heads went down and, yeah, and the yeah. once you know you you're out of it, it was difficult and it obviously got it obviously got a lot worse 6-0. But um, then obviously it was it was just a, it's a difficult part of my career because I'd spent mm-hmm. a lot of time at Crew, yeah. probably longer than I thought I was going to suddenly I got this taste of Premier League football to think that I was going to have to go back and play more championship football mm. was difficult and there was there was a bit of interest and spoke to the club a few times and you know I, I was very very grateful that they took the chance on me mm. and I I wanted to repay that and, and said I, I was more than happy to stay and see how we can see, see how we got on in the in the championship I was, I was a little bit disappointed that we didn't do some better business in mm. that in that window we lot that you know the players that were on loan uh, disappeared and the squad mm. wasn't as strong as I was hoping it was going to be but we still had enough quality to do better than we did do.
0: I mean that's fascinating you say that Dean because I mean from a fans perspective now and I'm, the game has changed a little bit since you were at Norwich but do you think players still kind of want to repay the opportunity they've been given or, or is it more mm. about personal gain and because you could have quite easily taken another Premier League move that summer I don't know if things would have gone differently but you chose to stick with Norwich because they gave you an opportunity, as that, is that, you know, that young player. Yeah. Does that still
1: exist or, or not? I think so. It, it depends on the. It really depends on the players. I mean, when it came to January, yeah. I didn't have that same feeling, <laughs> and I went because yeah. I, you know, you only get one career. Yes. Um, and you know, I wanted to play in the Premier League, and I, if I wanted to achieve the goals that I that I set for myself, or or the dreams that I wanted to get to, I knew I had to move on. Uh, sooner rather than later but obviously in that summer yeah I did feel as if I wanted to repay and I think there there will be still players that that would be like that and a, a lot depends on how how you've been treated and how mm. much you enjoy and I love being I love being in Norwich I love being around the players mm. were, were brilliant staff everything about it was great and so it wasn't that hard a decision to stay plus they gave me a new deal with a little bit more <laughs> a little bit Happy more days. money so um, no I was more than happy to stay and, and really give it a go that, that championship season Chris West Ham then come calling for Dean how disappointed were you when,
0: when our main man went well it was Malky of course went to West Ham as well which wound me up a treat
2: but to, to be to be like wound up <laughs> to, 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 to be honest with you I, I I thought it was natural progression I thought it was fair if you if you look at you know uh, I, I kind of in a sense I put it in the James Madison box I thought I thought that it, it had to happen eventually, um, and I felt the same about Dean. So I don't, I don't have any kind of like you know anger <laughs> against him. Fair play, just, as Dean says, you've got one career, one life, and, and and why not? And and I'm sure the West Ham fans will will be thankful that that he did make that step. Um, oh yeah, you know the other things where well I've got to bring up your overhead kick against um, who was it in the testimonial?
1: Oh, for Not Mark Mabel. testimonial. Oh my yeah. God, what I a goal was. I you to think about what I kicked then. <laughs> oh
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. my <laughs> God. More than one. I love the fact it. you'd hung up your boots when you did that as well is ridiculous. I encourage anyone that's watching and listening to this now, YouTube, Dean Ashton, West Ham, Mark Mabel testimonial, banger. Uh,
1: but <laughs> but if you're as big as I am now, don't <laughs> try it <then. laughs> The lovely thing
0: about that goal, you mentioned that, Chris, I think I've read it on the Telegraph, an interview you you done with them a few months back, how much that goal meant to your kids as well. Yeah, When you went up to the stands, and mm. it was more
1: than just a goal, wasn't it? It was because, yeah, my kids obviously had never had never seen me play. Mm. They, don't, they don't know, they don't believe that I ever played football. You know, I try and tell my son that I played against Ronaldo and he just laughs at me because yeah. <laughs> now he just sees me as right, an then, then, yeah. no overweight dad. So, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, for that for him to come along to a stadium and for me to just do something like that and then for the whole stadium to erupt and sing my name he got really upset in the stand because he just didn't well he didn't get it he didn't understand that that that's what obviously that's what I did do and I was good at it um, so that was just a really nice thing to, to be that? able That's for, lovely, for him to see and especially the old one who's into football I think the youngest was probably on his, his <laughs> Game Boy yeah. yeah. I mean it's
0: nice for you to come on a Norwich City podcast in your West Ham colours um, <laughs> what What was that point in your career like, the England call up comes, let's touch on that, I mean it's been well documented but just kind of talk us through them years, the England years and, and the injuries as well
1: Yeah I mean I was. I'd obviously got I would gained so much sort of experience just in the small time at Norwich, and then going going forward then to West Ham. I really just felt like I was just getting better mm. and better as a player and learning more about how to. What's that feeling like? That confidence that you can do anything, anything you touch hits the back of the net almost. It's, it's funny. I think I don't know about other players and other positions, but I just think as a forward, I mean, Jordan Rhodes showed it perfectly the other uh, the other night against uh, against Villa. Yeah, he was he, he hardly touched the ball, mm. you know, and that's what. I was thought as a, as a forward. I was never the quickest, and um, you know, so I was never going to outrun players. But I always just thought, if the ball came to me in the right areas, I know I'm good enough to put it in the back of the net, and yeah. I don't necessarily need, um, you know, huge amount of chances for that to happen. So it doesn't matter who I was playing against, as long as I could figure out where the space was going to be and how to get around mm, getting the better of smart. Them. If yeah. I got myself into a position where the goal was there, then I then I would have the confidence to feel like I was going to. I was going to score. But then it's obviously learning how to deal with the best players and how to um, how to obviously assert yourself onto onto them players mm. and, and work for the team, obviously. And my work rate needed to get a lot better. I was very lazy when I was at Crew, and the boys at Norwich soon made me figure <laughs> out that I needed to work a lot harder. And I took that forwards then to, to West Ham and I just rolled with this confidence that I'd had. Yeah. And obviously then getting to the cup final, which was incredible, yeah. and to play... To play, probably what I would say is the most iconic it, FA Cup final. Well, I'm the best, the best I think I've almost ever played. Yeah. In terms of you're up against Carragher and Hupia, <laughs> you're in a, a a showpiece final. I felt as if I really delivered on the day. I'd been yeah. injured as well for three weeks leading up to the to the game. So I think to go in and play the way I did, mm. I think was starting to really show what kind of level I could I could get to. And it's kind of that cliche where. Everything seems to be going perfectly in my whole career. I've lost a load of weight as well after yeah. that final. I've worked, I'd worked really it? hard. It's just all about your mindset. Yeah, isn't exactly. It? But then football is just a blink away. I saw mm. Ryan Mason the other day. Oh, yeah. I was chatting to him, and it's just all it takes <laughs> is just one incident, and your whole career, mm. your whole life can change. So, but yeah, I mean, to, to get even just to be called up to England, I know what happened, I broke my ankle, but. To be called up and the players that were in that squad were, we're talking about mm. you know, some of the best names yeah. that we'll be talking about for years and years the Beckham's Lampards, Gerards, you know, Rooney. Squad. You completed it, mate, as they say. Completed <laughs> not, it, mate. Yeah, not quite, no, but there was a, there was definitely a gap for Which you mean not quite. Uh, no, but there was definitely a gap I hadn't proved it yet, but there was definitely a gap for you know, Shearer had obviously retired and there hadn't been Yeah, oh, and she- Shearing and Shering, I'm sorry, had retired um and, and sort of Heskey... With, uh, was getting towards you know the, the latter end of his career, so there was a space. It was Peter Crouch it was, Beattie it was looking like he was getting mm. a chance, and I felt like I was in that in that mix to get a shout. And if I'd done well enough, which I felt I was going to, because mm. after the cup final and, and and staying fit, I thought this is going to be my chance. And then something like that happens, and but that's that's football and life, and you got to you got to roll with it sort of thing. I yeah.
0: mean. You, you kind of look back at it now with with a bit of a giggle, and you must have grown a lot over the past kind of however many years it's been to go from heartbreak to now looking back, and it and it seems, you know, you look back with 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 fond memories rather than yeah, kind yeah. of what could have been.
1: Yeah, because it's it's as you come away from football as well, you realise how hard it is to make it. Yeah, and yeah. and, the, and the, the tiny percentage of of players that actually get to do what they love as a job. I mean you know now i've got my kids starting to grow up and i'm thinking about you know what they might do as they grow up. i think what a job i had yeah. well, it's not it's not a job is it i was just going in playing footy with your mates basically yeah. where you're having a laugh and you you know you you get into playing the stadiums that you get to play in it was it's not a job it was just mm-hmm. fantastic and only a small minority get to got lots of mates that didn't make it for one reason or another um and I did, so Boom. I think it's more got to look at that side of it. Hundred percent. And you know, I, I can, I can, you know, I'm, I'm pleased with how I performed when I got got to that level as well.
0: And, and Norwich City fans, I think we can both say, Chris, look back at your your times with with, with great memories. Let's move on to current day Norwich City, Chris. Sheffield Wednesday nil, Norwich City four. We were top of the table for what twenty four hours, but we were top of the table. That sounds nice, though, doesn't it? A, a crushing away win. Four.
2: I'm just. I am stunned still because I'm going into every game kind of cautious and saying it's got to end, surely it's got to end and going away to to Hillsborough and putting in that sort of performance is very, it's it's not like Norwich at all. Um, And I think that just is a a massive testimony to, to how well Daniel Farker has done of late. It's a testimony to how he set his team out, the the culture and style of football that that he's incorporating. Uh, I think it shows togetherness in the squad. Um, What I'm liking the most, and we finally proved it in this game, is we can grab games by the by the scruff of the neck and bully teams and rip them apart. And I don't think we've done that yet under Daniel Farke properly. And I really did feel like we did that against Wednesday. I was on my way to, to Manchester for a rave. We won't talk about that, but I was I was actually on the train at the time and I, I, I was watching Mario's, Mario's penalty and I was shouting and swearing and people were like, oh my God, what is this guy? And then when when one goes in, i give it the, the, the little fist and the second and I'm up on my seat. By the fourth, I'm literally running up and down the train going, <laughs> get in you canaries! And the train is laughing and joking, but it's brilliant. And I'm just getting this sense of, togetherness and this energy and even if you look back at at these times we had this this energy Mm. this there was just something special in the air and I'm not over-egging it I genuinely believe right now if if the the supporters and the players keep this togetherness we can achieve the the the, arguably the impossible because we've been written off the pundits have wrote us off the fans have wrote us off I'm I'm starting to believe now and I'm being serious, and I know that you've told me not to get carried away, but I can't help it. You go away to Wednesday and win four 0 mm. They've got some big earners in that team, big earners. That's a huge statement upon this league. Huge.
0: You said a few pundits have written us off. This man right here may have done it at some point this season. Not written us <laughs> off, but and I agree with you, Dean. When you said, I think you said this on on the EFL show on, on Quest with with Colin Murray. That you don't think this team has enough depth in it to to sustain this form. The fourth best um, form side in Europe at the moment. I think only PSG, Juventus and Man City are are above us. Um, We've picked up 25 points out of the last
1: 30 available. Can we sustain it? Well, I mean, they've shown they can certainly sustain it recently. And the reason I said that was because they were winning games by the odd goal. They were having to come from behind. I was thinking you can't do that every single... Every single week but they have managed to do it and and especially with that 4-0 victory it has kind of like you say made a bit of a statement to Mm. say we're a seriously dangerous side and again I mean again it 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 was it wasn't until the second half that we kind of really really came alive Mm. but the other reason I say that is you have got young players that are coming through and it's really hard to expect them to stay at the levels that they are I mean they've been fantastic the two fullbacks and Camwell as well who's come in but even you look at Bundy is very young, uh, Paslak's very young, so you have got a lot of young players that can be inconsistent. But yep. clearly, the confidence is just flowing through the whole squad. What did Grant Hanley getting injured was that a mini blessing because the two centre backs have been yeah. absolutely hey, hey, superb. Hey, hey. Yeah. Um, and you've managed to keep a quite a, a a solid sort of team, especially that back four's been. Uh, Stay together. So I just again, you worry mm-hmm. if, if there's the odd injury or mm-hmm. or suspension at the back. How's that going to affect mm-hmm. the team? But at the moment, whoever whoever keeps coming in is delivering. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I watched them against Preston in in the early part of the season. Honestly, it was awful. It was, yeah, it, it was, it was awful to watch. It was, it was very much like last season where yeah, there was lots yeah. of possession. But now that confidence with the young players and the players mm-hmm. that have come in and that real competition for places is is is, is what you need. Um, I mean, I really do hope they do continue because it's actually great to watch now.
0: Oh, 100%. And Chris, what's changed? Because Dean brings up a good point there and it, it was one that was frustrating me so much. We go back to that Preston game and admittedly we won that. But there were so many times last season when the, when the play was so pedestrian, it was slow. Mm. And it feels like since Ipswich away, when I said if we didn't win that, Daniel Farker has to go. And people have certainly reminded me of that comment. Um, Fair enough. You can't lose to the, the worst team in the league. No, that's fair. But what has changed since since that point? I think I think it was Borough after then, and then and then since that moment, we've gone on to I pick think, eight wins out, out of ten games. I
2: think just w- consistency in the championship is obviously key. I think the the more you win, the the better your mentality. And and something that you know just to go back to to Dean's playing days at, at Norwich, and and the for me, what was so successful and what worked in that period is we had such a strong spine to that team a ridiculously strong spine. Greeno and goal, Fleming, Malky, Hux. Like we had some amazing players, but th- more importantly, it they, they were the first names on the team sheet. And now you look at it and you go, Timmy Krull, Yeah. Christoph Zimmerman. And you go through it and you're like, Leitner. Up front, we've got Pookie. You know, I just look at those four now and I'm starting to, I might be getting ahead of myself. I, th- I think I might be still, but I'm finding it hard to resist. So I, th- I think that's the key point. I don't think, um, I think quite clearly the tempo has been worked on in training. I think quite clearly, I think Leeds might have given them a kick up the arse, actually. I think it might have bred some some jealousy, perhaps, because Leeds came to Carrow Road and they schooled us. They played us off the park. And, you know, I was was a wee bit embarrassed because I don't think we're that bad. But I thought Leeds just made us look like school kids. But since that game for me was the game that I think kicked them up the arse. And made them think, actually, why can't we play football like that? You know, collect the ball and give it immediately. Buendia, absolute revelation. Absolute revelation. And I think that him playing um, in his current form. And, and by the way, he shouldn't even be starting. Because you're like, we've got some serious players on the bench. We've got Hernandez sitting on the bench. Handy's going to come back and he's not going to get in the team. For me, there's just nothing but optimism. I, I, I can't... I'm not going into a game now thinking, why can't we win this? Mm. You know? I, I'm honestly not. I agree with Dean's point. Preston, you look at that game and you thought, How are we gonna win games? Now again, mm. you know, if you if we were playing like that and coming <clears throat> against Middles um, Millwall at home, of course, next game, I'd be like, Oh my god, Millwall at home. But now I'm like, let's trounce them. We've got the ability to. Mm. Why not?
0: Team of Dean Chris mentioned there and Jordan Rhodes. I saw you were with Jordan Rhodes a few weeks ago mm. handing him the shirt. How impressed have you have you been with them two players? Slightly different strikers. I think you, you mentioned you're quite a similar player to Jordan Rose. Do you see that? Yeah, yeah, yeah of course I and do. And then you've yeah. got a team who's to... a bit more,
1: you know. Yeah, I all mean, over Pookie, the shot. Pookie, yeah, exactly. Puky will come a bit deeper and get involved and make a few more late late runs into the into the box. And and he's not quite as physical as Jordan Rose. Jordan's having to jump for every ball, yes. fight for everything. He looks tired in a lot of the games because he's having to do that work for them. And nowadays with that with that lone striker role. You have to do a lot of unselfish work and take the hits for the wide players to be then running in behind you and across you. But what he has got is, he hasn't got electric pace like I never had. Um, He's not the biggest either, but get the ball in the box in the right areas and he gets a chance. Mm -hmm. The second goal against Villa shows... What a great player he is, and what a great striker he is, because that's just an instinctive finish mm. that not that many players can have. And yeah. he's shown in the past if he can get on a run, he can get your goals. But Puki has really, really impressed me. I mean, surprised rec- you? Well, his record wasn't that wasn't bad. If you look at his record at, at Bromby, mm. it wasn't that bad. You know, mm. he's pretty much one in two uh, last season, and it was better than one in two the season before. So he's that's a that's a fantastic record if you're getting better than mm. better than one in two. If you get one in three, you're not bad. So he he's, he clearly knows where the back of the net is. But um, again, when he first came in, I wasn't quite sure that he would be able to lead the line. But again, with the confidence of the other players and the movement around him, again, when he finds space, he's, he seems like a very, very good finisher. And great to have two strikers fighting for, for places. That kind of gets the best out of you as a striker. Because we've missed that in recent years.
0: Dean, haven't we? I, th- I think that's probably been our downfall. We haven't had an out-and-out goal scorer. Which, no, which is which is tough.
1: I mean, Nelson Nelson Oliveira is a goal scorer. There's no doubt, but he's lazy, and so he doesn't give you. It. If he's not scoring goals, he doesn't give you much for the team. Whereas the two at the moment, even if they're not scoring, at least they're, they're giving it, you something mm. as that centre forward, which you have, to, which you have to give.
0: What have you made of of, of the man management of Nelson Oliveira? We had Nick Masher on last <coughs> week, who who said. He didn't feel that Daniel Farker could kind of control, not control, but didn't want these big characters around the dressing room. Have you ever been in dressing rooms where there's been a bit of a fiery character? You know he can deliver on the pitch, but it proves a bit of an issue for the manager. And how how is that kind of relationship between player and manager?
1: Um, I mean, Craig Bellamy's been known to be a difficult man to handle. Freddie Youngberg quite was because of the reputation he had and he didn't quite have the commitment that was required. I think what's difficult with any player um, is, I mean, people sometimes think from the outside and ask me about hooks and say, well, was he a bit of a nuisance because he's so assured of himself? But actually, deep down, he was very much about the team. If you look at his assist rate, he's incredible. Mm-hmm. Very, very unselfish considering the ability he had. He could have probably gone on his own many a time. Uh was very, very unselfish. During the you know in training and what have you, he could rub people up the wrong way, but mm. he, he was the type of player you wanted, and that's I think that's Nigel Whitham knew how to get the best out of him. Would mm. allow him to would allow him to have some banter. Even Hooks would even cane Nigel as the manager, really, just just out of with with banter, which was great, and he allowed him to be like that because he knew that would get the best. So it's about the manager knowing whether he can allow a player to to be like that mm. if it's going to be okay for everyone else. But the minute that it annoys other players. So if it, I don't know this for sure, but mm. imagine if players are looking at Nelson Oliveira and thinking, "Well, hang on, you're not really putting the effort in. You're trying to, you know, you, you're making out that you may be better than you are, and not towing the line." Like I said, I'm not. Yeah, yeah, This is not. Uh, I'm not correcting anyone. But if that's the case, that can be difficult. And sometimes you just need players out of the way that if they're not going to be part of what you want. And that clearly has to be the case. Otherwise, he's good enough. If he if he's put the working in training mm. you would expect him to get a chance again but mm. maybe he's not I'm not mm. sure 100% Chris I think <clears throat> let's round this, this Sheffield Wednesday chat though and, and let's give
0: credit to Daniel Fark because it has yeah. been a, an unbelievable turnaround and even if you know we, we do fall a few places in the league you, you don't see us falling off a cliff edge now do do you really in terms of the way we're playing
2: at least that no matter how the season goes now you can say that we've been top which is quite nice Um. I I still I still expect us to get playoffs. I just think we're good enough. I, ju- I I I have got that expectancy. I don't I don't think we'll fall off a cliff. I think that we might have a barren run at some point. I'm looking at Christmas time particularly, and I'm thinking there's a lot of games of football there. Tough games. As well. um, yeah. Uh, so I think that will be ch- that will be a real test. I think arguably that's the next big test. Um, but apart from that, up until then, I expect us to be winning games of football. Simple as that. But, you know, the Sheffield Wednesday game is a statement. Simple as that. We're good. looking good.
0: Good. I, I want to quickly go back chronologically slightly. And apologies if you're hearing bangs. We've 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 organised a podcast night on fireworks night. <laughs> Last week we organised it in, in the busiest day the brewery's ever had. This week <laughs> um, it, it's fireworks night. So apologies. Um, fireworks on the pitch at Hillsborough and also here today um it was it was carabao cup night on tuesday we lost to bournemouth now you were happy about that weren't you jack um, i was really pleased in the way we had a fresh side on saturday (laughs) tuesday night dean cup game for a team like norwich how do you approach it is it seen as a hindrance because we
1: haven't got that depth in squads that you've that you've mentioned before um it shouldn't be, no. No. Players are fit enough to play. If there was a league game suddenly scheduled for the Tuesday, would you rest everyone? You you wouldn't. Mm. The manager wouldn't. No. He wouldn't make that many changes. But because it's the Carabao Cup and because football and money rules in, in, in football and getting to the Premier League obviously would be um you know the aim for the for the club. The Carabao Cup is just set aside slightly, I think, by some clubs. If Norwich weren't Necessarily in the position that they, were, that they were in, and maybe lower down the league, he might have played a stronger side. So it's diff- I think it is difficult for managers because their job is on the line mm. if they're not yeah. if they're not doing things right in the in the league and they're in a great position because of it. But I just think as a player and a club and the supporters really, when you get to that stage of a of a cup, surely we everybody wants to. My best memory ever will be playing in an FA Cup final, mm. and I'm sure West Ham fans, the latest thing they'll, they'll have remembered <laughs> remembered is. Getting to a cup final, going to the cup final. That's, that's but West
0: Ham were in a in a slightly different position than weren't they in terms of Norwich. The sole aim this season is promotion out of the Championship. Financially, that's that's the biggest thing. You mentioned that the way football is going financially, you know, the league isn't as important as it once was. Does that? Replicating to the players, do the players realise that it's not as important as, as a league game?
1: I don't think players think like that. Players want to play. We certainly don't want to train more than play. Yeah, we all just want to play. If, mm. if we can play Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, and just recover in between, perfect. Players just want to play constantly. It's momentum is exactly. It? When yeah, you're
2: winning games. It's momentum.
1: Yeah, but I just think, I just think it was a shame that we made, even though Norwich played so well. It was a shame that that. Um, there was that many changes because mm. actually I thought with with the Bournemouth changes if we'd gone a bit stronger. I think we'd have beaten mm. them. What do you What do
2: you really think, though, Jack?
0: Because th- ha- you
2: said you, you said you wanted Norwich to lose that game. I
0: didn't say I wanted us to lose. I said. I Are you sure? Some, I'm. I'm really happy that the likes of Max Aaron's were dropped. looked incredibly fresh. Um, really happy that You're the being team with didn't start. And the way you two put it about. No, 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 I'm really excited that that win on Saturday lifted us to top of the table, and now we don't. Can have you understand?
2: Can you understand? I agree. Well done. The league was great, amazing, but we still played exceptionally well. We did, and that's brilliant. Okay, but my point is, can you understand why people gave you stick for that? Yes. And are you accepting of that stick now?
0: Yes. Let's on. Magic Moritz, now, first of all, thank you to the reaction on Twitter. Um, I think this is a record-breaking amount of questions we've received, so we might not be able to get through all of them, but thank you anyway. Clearly a popular man, D. That can, uh, that can be a little ego boost for you. <laughs> Magic Moritz asks, penalties, roll it into the corner Ooh, or blast blah. it down the middle. Now, I kind of want you back to, to take some penalties because Mario Vrancic can't take them, Jordan Rhodes can't take them, why
1: is it so difficult to take a penalty? Well, it, it shouldn't be unless you unless you're just trying to be clever and 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 have a have a battle with the goalkeeper in in terms of seeing where when he's uh, the best penalty takers you have to look at the best penalty takers and that was Shearer, mm. Rooney, Letizia, mm. um Ricky Lambert. If you look at the the best penalty takers, what do they, do? they don't faff around. Yeah. And Harry Kane's a great example. He has two or three penalties max. Mm -hmm. They've all got incredible power because power is what's going to beat a goalkeeper. And then accuracy, I I only had two penalties, so I never ever went down the middle. I had run up as if I'm going to smash it and hard side foot it into that corner, Mm -hmm. which would be as accurate as possible. And I never missed that side. In all the penalties I took that side, I never missed. And then there's the one where you just run up and just look at contact and aiming for that. For that side, which is the two I missed, which was one for Norwich against... Re- um, I think it was against Reading. Yeah, I'm about that still. <laughs> yeah, yeah, still <laughs> past the post. But, that. So that one's a bit more difficult, I think, than the, just the straight. But it's just about getting two or three penalties and going with, um, going with power. Here is the
2: secret sauce, and Dean's touched upon it already, and Southgate nailed it, nailed it, nailed it right? You've got to own it yeah Mario Vrancic fannied about he didn't own it Jordan Rhodes fannied about he didn't own it Shearer he owns it he smashes it yeah that's exactly what you've got to do that's the secret sauce it's not difficult psychologically you know you're going to smash that ball as hard and as fast as you can into that bottom right hand corner into the centre of the goal really just blast it. Just own it. But don't change your mind. Don't All of these pathetic little run-ups like Pogba. What are you doing? Own it. That's it.
0: Well, there you go. So the professional footballers watching. You've just been schooled by two fans.
2: Um, Sub for pouring land Wanderers.
0: <laughs> um, starter for Hemsby Hornets. Um, Billy asks, what was it like in the dressing room after that Manchester United game when you scored and set the other one up? 9th of April wow. 2005. Remember it well.
1: Yeah, it was incredible because we were, we, um, you know, when you, you look at them games, especially when you're down there, and it's, it's difficult when you're down there not winning many games, and you look, at, you look at the Manchester United game and you sort of think, the likelihood is, if you're being realistic, is we're not going to get anything from the game, mm-hmm. really. It's going to be tough. If they play the best players, it's going to be even, even tougher. So I think to, to get three points against a team like Manchester United, I think just gave everyone... Just that massive lift of actually we can properly stay up we're more than good enough to stay up and that's what I felt in the dressing room after that was that everyone really believed that we were we were good enough to stay up
0: and what you spoke earlier about when you were playing at Crewe and, and came to Car and sort of saw carrot I mean it's not the biggest stadium in the world but when that's full and it's rocking it can be quite a you know a, a, a good arena I was watching them highlights back today from that game and and the Barkley just exploded especially for, for your goal and Leon's as well.
1: They must be such fantastic memories to look back on. Of course, yeah. There's nothing. That's why I love being a striker because there's no feeling or noise better than when you, mm. when you score a goal. There's nothing better than running over towards supporters and every type of person you can think of, <laughs> from women, children, old men, young men, going absolutely ballistic mm. because you've scored a goal. That is a. That's an incredible feat. That's an incredible feeling. So. Um, yeah, to be able to do that in, in you know in in a stadium like Carrow Road where like you say that old style stadium that really sort of keeps the noise, that was that was special. Definitely.
2: As a Norwich City fan, that those are the games that make you fall in love with the club. Mm. I disagree with anyone that says, "Oh, I prefer the championship because we will win more games." That's crap. You know, the games as a Norwich City fan that you remember is beating the big boys because we always play well against the big boys as a whole apart from Liverpool, but not that one. Yeah, those are the games. So, I mean, and that's why I fell in love with Norwich City. And that's why I want us back in the Premier League to have a go at the big boys. that have got millions and millions and millions, billions, arguably, to spend now. And, you know, that's what it's all about. 100%.
0: Can you remember any times from when you were playing at poor England when the crowd just exploded? Well, I tell
2: you, no, I do remember a time quite well, Jack, you know, came on as a a substitute, as always. Got the winner, roly-poly. Kiss, kiss to the crowd which happened to be an old lady by the linesman and um, you know and yeah, well that was a quality selling mate. it's all about the roly-poly I tell you not a scratch on your cello's mind you know. um,
0: good um, lovely what was your solo, Jack I, went for, I used to go for the Kevin Nolan celebration I don't know why I, I think I just watched Kevin Nolan match the day when right. I tried to replicate it at Hemsby Hall it was okay. it me and, and Aston Oxborough the centre back partnership his football career has, has flourished mine hasn't mm. <laughs> sat here talking and, and slagging off other footballers Um Yeah, lots of celebrations. Too many from the countless goals I scored. Um, John Killett asks, with Chris missing Saturday's game to watch City (laughs) reserves play in Spain, which position does Dean think City could strengthen our squad in January just in case anyone catches Chris's eyes over the weekend? Right, just to fill in our viewers, Chris, you're missing Norwich Millwall this weekend. Yeah,
2: I'm going on a scouting mission.
0: For some small team in Spain?
2: Yeah, they're called Barcelona.
0: Right.
2: Uh, I'm going to watch his play. He's been highly is apparently he's quite like Wes Houllahan. Okay. But not as good. What's his name? Uh, Lionel uh, Lionel Messi. <laughs> I no um, yeah, I'm I'm going out there and hopefully I'll secure the loan deal for for January. Quite excited to to, to,
0: to do that, yeah. Good. Right, let's get to the question. Any position Norwich need to strengthen in in,
1: in January? Um I would say midfield. If I if, if any position particularly, I just think still, you know, I think we we could still do with more of. Um, I think that that number ten role is still up for grabs. Mm. If, you know, the one in front of um, Leitner and Tetti. I just think Steperman's played in there and yeah. and done okay at times. Um, but I just I just think if we had that player that can really link, like you said, a Wes that's got that ability mm. to. To really link that midfield and, and the attack because on a couple of games, you know, that has that has been missing a little bit, especially yeah. when teams drop a bit deeper. Yeah. Yeah. We're just struggling a little bit um to sort of link that a little bit. And what but, about, but, but they're they're very difficult but players but, 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 to but, but, but Wendy can do that, right?
0: He can, yeah. Yeah,
1: Cantwell could do that, I think, Cantwell's if he was been given. Mm. What about the strikers
0: do? We've got two strikers at the moment, scoring goals, that is fantastic. Am I being greedy to say we possibly need a third? I know we've got Dennis Rabeni scored at the weekend a I striker. Can.
1: I mean, obviously another striker would help. I don't necessarily think that's um something we particularly need because mm. there, there's goals out there's goals that's been spread around yeah. a lot of players um in this in this Norwich team. And I think the way we play is difficult for a striker. It's not yeah. easy for us, you know. not watched Jordan and Pookie, it isn't easy for them. Um, Could that be our downfall? Of, no, not necessarily, because I think the the goals have been spread out, and I think the way the team play, it, it plays for for definitely the wide players and whoever plays in behind in behind the striker. So I wouldn't be too worried, to be honest. And they're both good goal scorers. You know, they're box players. So yes. if that if that build up's good enough and the delivery's good, then, then good enough. They, I think they will both get goals.
2: If the form continues, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't invest. And, and actually, to be honest with you, I, how I'm going to be satisfied out of the January window is if we just offload. Get rid of Naismith, get rid of Oliveira, and I will be content with that, honestly, because I think that that's going to alleviate a lot of pressure financially from the football club that will mean that we can crack on in the summer months. Look, if you keep up, if you keep playing like this, we keep forgetting, Dean touched upon it earlier about these youth players. Mm-hmm. We are literally playing, like, obviously now they're, first names on the team sheet. But at the beginning of the season, they would have been playing in the cup games, right? And, you know, to see Todd Cantwell, you know, do as well as he is, why? Why invest? Give confidence in the young players to, to, to crack on and deliver. Make them play more games. Max Aarons against Wednesday, by the way. Just talk to me about that. Absolute dynamite from him. He, he is a million dollars. And actually, another really important part about the, the January window is... We need to seriously protect these players because Max Aaron's, Jamal Lewis, the Premier League big boys, will, they will be knocking on the door. And I hope Webber's got that door locked shut.
0: That was a fantastic segue, Chris, uh, because Tony asks, um, Dean, do you think Max Aaron's or Jamal Lewis will get sold this January or next transfer window?
1: I'd be amazed if they went in January um, because I think they'll be enjoying themselves and mm. they're playing and do you want to leave that uh, when I was leaving I knew it was because I was going to play Okay. Uh, you know it, it would be incredible if they were to be bought and play straight away mm. in mm. whatever team uh, was, was, was going to buy them so I think and I, I would advise against them leaving as well because I think at the moment playing regularly I hope you're listening you're in the spotlight you're in a team that's doing well it's got a chance of promotion yeah. to be part of something like that would be a, an incredible experience for them but there's no doubt if they carry on in the summer I think you'd be very um, they'd do well to hold on to them oh, both Oh Dean, don't say that. <laughs> I'm sorry that's just the way it is.
0: Um, you, you spoke about playing there was another question here. I can't quite find it but I can remember reading it earlier he said what what do you make of, of Remy Matthews and Angus Gunn who Angus of course had a fantastic season with us last season has gone to Southampton hasn't quite made the first team Remy Matthews thought he'd be the first um, choice keeper this season has gone to Bolton and isn't, and isn't playing What's going to be going through their heads at the moment, getting the moves that they
1: probably really wanted, and and not going straight into the first team? I think they'll be, I think they'll be frustrated. Uh, you know, players, especially young players. I think it is important that you play. I think goalkeeping is just, it's it's very much a different breed. I think you have got to be patient. Mm. You have got to wait for your opportunity. You've got to almost wait for your goalkeeper who's in, who's in the side mm. to make to make a couple of really bad mistakes. So I w- I wouldn't be too worried, but obviously. It's just horrible because all you do is train for a game on a Saturday. So yeah. then not to be on the pitch mm-hmm. is, is difficult for anyone. And I was surprised actually that Angus didn't didn't go straight into the team. So I'm sure he feels the same.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I know Angus is, is frustrated currently. But I also know that Angus knows that when he gets his chance, he will stay in that team 100%. There's no doubt about it. And if you look at the games that Angus has played this season... He's caught the eye of the manager. If you look at the games that he has played, he's kept clean sheets in the cup. He's impressed against some of the bigger teams already. Um, And and for me, I think Dean's got a fantastic point there. It's just about patience, isn't it? I mean, arguably Remy's not been in the team because he's just not been good enough, Jack. So I'm pleased that Tim Krull's kept his place in the team. Good stuff. Good
0: to see Bolton doing really well without him. Um, (laughs) Ollie Baines asks, and we spoke about this last week, how long does City leave it before handing Daniel Farker a new contract? Daniel Farker's mm. contract runs out this summer. A few months ago, we were all questioning whether he'd have much of a future here. Now, he's probably one of the most valuable managers in the Championship. The conundrum Norris City have here is is big, isn't
1: it? Yeah, of course. And I think, yeah, even at the start of the season, the way the way we started, yeah. I think there would have been questions as to how long can this can this carry on. But... Mm. I think what's been what's impressed me about him is that he hasn't panicked. He's kept Correct. to the same style of football, yes. whether that's good or bad for anybody, or whether supporters would start to moan after twenty minutes because the football was was turgid. But actually, he's, he's stuck to it, and the players know exactly how he wants them to play. And now, with his confidence, we're starting to see that style. So it wouldn't surprise me if there's talks already going on behind the scenes, and certainly when you get around Christmas, whether that's but you know, it's, it's kind of in his hands now. And when you get down to that stage of your, your contract, I would have, I would have thought it would be mm-hmm. up to
0: him. Chris, you said last week you wouldn't hand him a new contract right now. Has that changed? Yeah, I wouldn't do it right now. I wouldn't. I, th- I, think,
2: I think it would have to go horribly wrong for him not to be handed a new contract. Uh, I think he deserves a new contract. I just think it's a bit early. Um, have we peaked too soon? Some of the sceptical Norwich fans might say that. Um, for me, I just, I, I'm still... Just being cautious, you know, Christmas is bloody tough um, for, for any football team. Um, So look, if we can get through Christmas unscathed, still in the playoffs, one million percent, get give that man a contract. What I like about Daniel Farker right now is he just seems to get it. He's just doing all the right things. He's learned from his mistakes last season. It was too pedestrian last season. We weren't direct enough last season. Um, you know, we weren't taking our chances last season. And I I think it's such a small thing and I'll keep mentioning it because I keep wanting him to do it. And it seems to be working. It's so good that he's just coming over to Norwich fans. He's shaking all of the players' hands. He's coming up to Norwich fans, last man off the pitch, and he claps those away fans. And that is a million dollars. That is exactly what you want your manager to be doing. And I think that, look, as long as he keeps it up, it's amazing. And I love that
0: Parker as well. You've converted me, Daniel Farker. It's interesting you raise that point, Chris, and I think it's a it's a big thing in, in, in terms of players coming up to the fans at the end, Daniel Farker especially. He, I don't think he'd done it last season, but he's really kind of embracing the fans at the moment. When you were playing, Dean, did you understand the amount it meant to the fans in terms of that little applause
1: <clears> at the end goes so far? No. You didn't? had no idea, no. I mean, I think I, I always found it difficult anyway because I wasn't a supporter as a Kid, right? So I didn't support anyone. I didn't Mm. go to football as a kid. Why is that? Because none of my family were were into football. So I never. It's not like my family took. You know, you might have your uncle or your brother or your dad, certainly, or your mum take you to football. I never had that. So I never really got a fan's mentality. I didn't understand why that would ruin people's weekends, (laughs) ruin their week. It does, (laughs) and, and, and consume them the way that it can do. I never, never, ever understood that. Um, but I always wanted to be respectful in terms of, you know, going up to supporters that have travelled certainly. But if if I was in a mood, or I hadn't scored, or we'd lost, or whatever that may be, that it sometimes mm. that would go out of my head. It wouldn't. Mm. I wouldn't think, oh, I need to go and make sure that I go over and see the supporters that have just travelled. Now I've finished. I Interesting. understand. Interesting. I understand what they sacrificed to travel. You know, a full day's worth the cost of what it, to come and just watch us play, mm. and then we just turn around and leave the field because we're in a mood because I haven't scored. I understand now that that's the wrong thing to mm. do, but you're in a little bubble as a player, and and it's uh, sometimes you forget that. And now I've come out of it, I realise that I was probably not the best. I respect, I, was, I
2: hugely respect you for saying that, Dean. Hugely. And what is um what what's really interesting is I actually think that that probably helped your game because. I think that it gives you that ice cool kind of like actually there's just no pressure because I'm going to be annoyed with myself. I'm not annoyed for mm. others. It's my responsibility to perform, and I actually think that probably helped you. But I respect you for saying that because that's that's. But now, now, I've,
1: now I've finished. You you realize how special them times are, and actually, yeah. if nobody turns up, what it what is it? It's just you you playing yeah. a game of football with nobody there. Yeah, yeah. It's obviously the supporters that make it. If you score at Sheffield United away, and there's a pocket of 2,000 fans that have made the journey up—that should be special, and you should, you should mm-hmm. enjoy that with them. Um, but you for, you forget that as a player sometimes. It's only now. And Take now note. I've, now I've Take note. That's really interesting. You can, you can appreciate it. Um,
0: Jonathan Parker asks if Dean
1: could have his football career over. What would he do differently? I'd be fitter. Okay. I'd eat properly. I'd train properly. I was... What's dis- the worst grub you had? I was, no, I was, a dis- I was honestly... On. I was a disgrace. Give me your worst meal. Oh, well, I, I, had a, I had a curry every Friday night. Oh, when I was that. When I was at crew. I yeah, write that. Me and me, uh, with the what family... What's your go-to curry? Just a chicken bolty.
2: Chicken bolty? Yeah, okay. yeah, nothing too hot. <laughs> you
1: know, if i forgot got to play the next day, you can't yeah. go too hot. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was for Saturday night. You're not going to be doing a Jason Punch and D. No, she wouldn't, know. <laughs> no. And um, and also, I you know, I was drinking a lot as well. I'd go out Saturday night. What's your go-to drink? Oh, God, it used to be uh, half a lager and a Smirnoff ice mixed in when I was wow when I was a younger, <laughs> gracious, I did not expect that. Yeah, but now it's just a fresh lager. Yeah. Now I've grown up a bit. A
0: Smirnoff <laughs> and beer in one. <laughs> yeah. I've never that, heard of that. I think that might have Probably to be the got title a, of I've this got, video. Got a,
1: I've got a sweet, sweet tooth, so... What was the go-to club if we're going down this route in Norwich? Oh, it was Mercy. That's where. I'm, <laughs> that's where I, That's where I met my wife. <laughs> wow! Wow! wow. I didn't... Yeah, yeah. Hello. She. she um, VIP. She, yeah, she used to have the clipboard letting people in. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, there you go. She, she obviously let cussed, you in that night. No, no night. She custard pied me early on, but then she was told she had to let us in. <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah. clearly the Smirnoff and, and, the, and the beer yeah. that done it, did it. Yeah. yeah. Once I went in, got got a couple of them down my neck. Then <laughs> anyway, was, so you <laughs> would. Anyway, so you would. You'd would be a bit better with your diet and your fitness. Oh, totally. Yeah. Like yep. I said, once, I got to Norwich, and you know, Hooks and Flem and all the likes mm-hmm. were taking the mick out. I mean, I realised how fit they were because they were training properly mm. and eating properly I thought well what I've been, I've been waste I've wasted five years of my career mm. not eating the right things and I was I'm big anyway so I I needed to be trimmer and fitter and as soon as I realized that that's when I went from yeah. being a good player to a, a really Fair good player play. it doesn't
0: strike me as the fact you were doing it because you you could and, and you knew it was wrong it, it kind of feels like
1: you, you lack did of that, education yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly Yeah, again at crew was fantastic it was about the football but They were probably a bit behind in terms of nutrition, and Mm. fitness. That that was only just coming in Mm. towards the end of my crew career. And um, yeah, that'd be the only thing I'd probably change. Because I think it would have made a difference to to me as a player. Stay off the Baltis, kids. (laughs) (laughs) Get on the
0: Baltis. Um, Saluting Shrebeni asks, now this, Dean, just to fill you in. This is a man who's made an account solely around Dennis Schrebeni. He he loves the man. Um, He asks... (laughs) Can we get through this podcast without Chris dissing Dennis Fabeni? Surely got to be praised for a goal 43 seconds after coming on at the weekend.
2: You know, I, I think I should carry on. I think I should carry on dissing him because he keeps delivering. The more I, the more I diss him. I mean, look, put it this way. I've have got this I've got this, this fantasy Jack. Oh
0: God, okay. I don't want
2: to know. <laughs> Ipswich come to Norwich, and Dennis Fabeni scores in the 90th minute to win the game against Paul Lambert and celebrates in front of him. Oh my God. I just, this, everything about Dennis Rabeni says, no, it's not going to work, but it does. And I had a little giggle to myself. I was watching the highlights and even still, like, you know, give him his due. He put the ball in the back of the net. It was an awful finish. He <laughs> still managed to almost bugger it up. Now we can giggle now. He put the ball in the back of the net. He gave it the salute. I didn't see him smile still. No. But look, long may it continue. Is he fit to wear the icon hat? That's the question that I want everyone to answer in the comments of this video. Is Dennis Rabeni fit to wear the icon hat now?
0: Well, let's ask Dean. Are you a fan of the snapback? Do you like a hat?
1: Can you wear a hat? Have you seen my head?
0: Are you saying you want the
1: size of it? No. Saying you want to cover oh, the ball? Bus? No, you... no, I can't. It won't fit properly. Even okay. the big one. Well, even the big snaps yeah. don't fit. They like squish into my big. <laughs> if head. you were a footballer and you were,
2: what
0: do you mean if you were a footballer, no, 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 yeah, no. If, football... if, you were, <laughs> if
2: you were playing right now, right, yeah. and say and say you were substandard, below par,
0: yeah, yeah,
2: would you? walk around wearing an icon snapback. It says icon on the front.
1: I would if I cuz every player thinks they're quality. Thinks they're an icon. <laughs> yeah, and they think every <laughs> single player thinks they're quality. Have you okay. seen the icons? will think he is the, the nuts. Yeah. Oh, he will. There's no doubt. <laughs> well, he is. He is, though, isn't he? He has no scored. I mean, yeah. He's Look at that
2: cap. It's strong, I mean, isn't it? it? you're loving it off yeah? Yeah. yeah absolutely well at least I must admit I think the Icon snapback is better than Tim Close's Instacrass snapback mm. what is that all about mm. look fair play Dennis Rabeni what a what a performance <laughs>
0: just a quick one Dean man bun yes or
1: no um, of course oh really yeah. I wasn't expecting that from right. you I haven't got hair so if you can you do stuff with it. hair God, I'll be got all got a lovely it. beard though it's yeah fine. thanks that's the only thing I can grow
0: <laughs> you rock it nicely um right let's try and find some other questions um right nathan henderson three-part question right this sounds complex what has changed from the leeds game we've kind of answered that what do you think we will win the rematch against leeds in february and we will Leeds bottle it now you've been on Mm. quest a lot watching all of the efl
1: what have you made of leeds this season bielsa ball as they like to call it um, I've been I've been well impressed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. To be able to, there's still a lot of the same players from last season. So to mm. be able to implement the style, but what's impressed me is their work rate. I don't know whether you've seen the, yeah. the video where yeah. there's about seven players all. It's like a pack all, of dogs. Yeah, exactly. Mm. All all chasing back um, against Wigan. That just shows that clip alone shows you what the manager's done. Yeah. And if they keep that mentality, then I think they they will go up automatically with the quality that they've got. Kima. Ruth obviously, mm. is, um, is is a quality player. so um, But it I comes back... If and keep them fit and Hernandez, they'll, they'll be great. And you've
0: said it about Norwich. I've said it about Norwich, the squad. We've talked about it a lot on this podcast. Leeds have arguably got a thinner squad than Norwich, playing arguably a more high-intensity
1: style of play. Can they sustain what they're doing? Or will Leeds Good be one. falling apart again? <laughs> it's difficult. I think when you're saying falling apart, I think that's... You... <laughs> I think we're talking more about a mentality thing. So okay. as long as they believe in what the manager's and which they mm-hmm. seem to be, as long as they, fitness-wise, they can keep it going. I don't see why they won't overpower most teams. And I think that's what we're doing at the moment. We're overpowering teams with mm-hmm. our mm-hmm. fitness levels in the mm-hmm. second half, with the way yeah. we're keeping the ball and making them work. Mm-hmm. And as they're tiring, we've got young players like Max Aaron's yeah. that made... Sheffield Wednesday yeah. look as if they were a running intrigue or the way he just burst <laughs> down the right because he's, he's young, he's got the fitness levels and because we've kept the ball for, for most of the game, they're tired and that's where we're making the most of things in the second half. Definitely, 100%. Right,
0: let's right quickly look ahead to this weekend's game against Millwall. They mm-hmm. sit 19th in the table, lost to Brentford at the weekend. That was Thomas <clears throat> Frank's first winning in charge at Brentford. Surely got to be another win hasn't it Chris?
2: <clears throat> I, it's got to be. It's got to be. And again, I go into this game of, come on then, boys, prove it in front of the home fans. Prove it. Let's smash another team in front of the Barkley. Beautiful. Yes, please. Do it. Deliver.
0: <laughs> and, and Dean, confidence will be high after, you know, the argument has been this season, we're only winning games by a one goal margin. You go to Hillsborough, 4-0 win, you come back to 26,000 in front of Caro and play's going to be up for it, aren't they?
1: Of course they are, yeah, and they're going to be looking forward to the to the game. You know, when you're winning games, you just can't wait for the mm-hmm. the next one to come around. Um, Millwall, it's not going to be it's not going to be easy because they'll have watched how Norwich have been playing, and they'll have a tactic to try and stop them, and they'll probably play deep and try and counter like mm-hmm. most teams probably probably will do. Um, but the only thing I would say about Millwall is it's unlikely that they'll. Go for like three at the back, yeah. five across the middle. Mm. It's unlikely they'll play like that. They tend to be a more four-four and play with two strikers. Mm. So I think that would play into our hands quite a bit with the movement we've got and the formation that we'll play. So I think again, if I'd, I'd be looking at this game, if I was to go and put some money on, I'd be looking at a second half, a second half victory, but comfortable. There you go. Maybe there's, maybe two nil.
0: There's the tips. Get on it with fans bet. Um, Chris, I've only watched one Millwall game this year. That came against <coughs> Ipswich. They bossed them 3-0. Um, let's quickly talk about Ipswich. They're still rock bottom. They're five points adrift. Paul Lambert hasn't won a game yet. I know he's only played one game. Are they going down?
2: You know what I find really entertaining? The Ipswich fans, having just watched them scrape a draw against 10 men Preston...
0: With an player involved. ...for
2: some reason... For some reason they think they're now gonna get the playoffs. They are all deluded. They're all deluded. And I'm I'm loving watching the rot. I think it's beautiful. Um and look, I, I do look, Lambert will keep them up, and that'll annoy me a little bit. But here's hoping that they go down and rot.
0: <laughs> You've watched a lot of episodes you season with, with your punditry. Um I saw Matt Holland um, really having a go at sort of the current regime on Talksport a few weeks ago. Not the current regime at Talksport, the current regime of Ipswich on Talksport. Um, what have you made of their just complete capitulation this season?
1: I think they've made it so difficult for themselves because they've allowed all the goals they had last season to leave the club, and not necessarily brought in equal quality. They've brought in players that possibly in a, it, towards the end of this season, next season, will prove to be good enough but you can't just get rid of the likes of Waghorn and McGoldrick Mm. you know ready made goals and expect then if you don't bring the same quality in you're you're gonna struggle the rest of their team they've got some young players like Norwich have but it's very difficult as a young player to come through when the team's when the team's struggling Mm. you know it's hard it hits your confidence quite hard as a young player so I think that's his biggest job is to try and pick these young (coughs) players up for Lambert and He'll have to try and bring some something in in, in January. I think until then, yeah. they're still going to be down there and struggling, I would have thought. Definitely.
0: Right. To finish this, one word answer. Honor of City going up this season? Oh, no. Dean? Well, I think they'll. One g- word. <laughs> go on, Slay it. Go No. On. Oh. There you go. Thank you very much, uh, Dean absolute pleasure mate thank you so much no, um, cheers, pleasure boss. coming in thanks for having me watch him on the EFL listen to him on TalkSport all of that good stuff anywhere else you want to plug
1: at the moment no no that's that's fine at the moment I'll be all over the place Low when, the are, gonna be, when and... are you going to be playing in the Ryder Cup by the way <laughs> I need to get a little bit better the problem is I need a few shots to play with because then when you come up against the other footballers they just cheating i see
0: i see uh yeah thank you so much for watching thank you so much for listening a massive thank you to max on the audio and also on the camera um not so much of a thanks to the people letting off fireworks outside subscribe on itunes and youtube we'll see you next week Bye bye